Welcome to Beyond the Board, a podcast that explores the themes and real-life inspirations behind our favorite games. On today's episode of Beyond the Board, we'll be discussing the game Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride is a railway-themed board game designed by Alan R. Moon and published by Days of Wonder in 2004. Ticket to Ride is for 2-5 to five players, and a typical game takes 60-90 to 90 minutes to play. Enjoy the episode! <laughs> I'm Mike Greenman. And I'm Spencer Campbell. And this is Beyond the Board. And today we're talking about Ticket to Ride. But first, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. My belly's filled with candy. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have a giant bowl of candy over really there next good. to you. Yeah, it's some way too much candy it's for old one Christmas person. candy. What do they do with the old Christmas candy? It goes on sale like any other candy. I know, but they don't sell all of it. Uh, I don't know. I've never really put much thought into that. But now I won't be able to stop thinking about it. Well, I mean, but like if you really think about it, like obviously not everyone's going to eat all the Christmas candy mm-hmm. or buy the Christmas candy. So like does it get donated? Does it go on it cuz I can't go on super sale forever. Do they just throw it away? I don't know. Not that I think like people who are like missing home should have be more malnutritioned and just have a bunch of sugar. But does candy go bad? How quickly does candy go bad? I feel like it's full of so many chocolate gets that things. that nasty oh, yeah. cover on it. I don't know. Starfish don't really go bad. They're jelly beans. So for the future apocalypse scenario, stock up on those because they'll last forever. That and spam, can, can, <laughs> can spam and Swedish fish will get us through these dark times. <laughs> So we're talking about Ticket to Ride. Oh, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ticket to Ride. Uh, if you never played it, get off your butt and go play it. It's a fun game. It's a fun game. It's a, it's a color-matching uh, card game, so you got a bunch of different trains and with little, uh, little color cards, and you're riding uh, railways. So uh, we, we always play it to where you're building the railways, uh, but you match the colors, and if it's like a three-spot railway, then you then you play three colored of those cards. And yeah, it's this big map of the United States. It's a really it's a, let's start with a, the map. That's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's a gorgeous kind of uh, you know God's eye view of the of the United States. It has kind of major cities linked, and then between those cities are certain colored tracks and you need to get cards that match those colors in order to lay down trains of your own in those in those spots and then depending on how long the rail is that you just placed you get that many points or a certain sort of bonus Mm -hmm. and then you have secret destination cards that you get in the very beginning of the game which you can also get throughout the game and if you reach your destinations you get even more points at the end of the game but they're all secret they're always secret nobody knows until the very end of the game so you might block somebody not realizing it or if you have an idea of oh wait a second they're trying to get from chicago to new Mm -hmm. york i'm going to try to block off their path or something yeah that's a big part of it actually is the the map starts getting really crowded as the game goes on especially if you have a lot of players and so there are certain lines where it's just a a single set of tracks that connect two cities so you'll you'll either need to get that that line as fast as you can or you are gonna have to go through this really roundabout way if someone else is blocked you Mm. from taking that line Mm -hmm. so it's it's very very much you have to have like a poker face when playing the game Mm -hmm. so it's it's like you're, well, no, it's going to look like I'm doing this, so you don't just give up right off the bat that I'm trying to get to Miami because uh, that can that can throw people off because there's only three ways into Miami, and if all three ways are blocked, there's no way you're going to ever get to Miami because you can't ride other people's lines. Yeah, it's, it's a really straightforward, it's super fun game. Uh, it's good to just play while you're hanging out because you can just 
sit back, have kind of fun conversations, have some drinks and snacks, and just occasionally thread on some colored cards and build lines. Yeah, and it's it's really easy to pick up, so a lot of people from different ages can play it. Um, it says eight and up mm-hmm. on the board, but like, I mean, a lot of people can play. It's really easy, really simple to figure out, and it's really easy to play again because you're like, oh, I'm going to do something different next time. Yeah, it has really good <clears throat> replay value. It's not the I haven't ever found playing that game that it gets like old or that I get like a set strategy. Like, there's no set strategy that mm-hmm. kind of wins you the game. Yeah, some people would say otherwise. I mean, everyone, you're always trying to go for the longest drink. Well, that's yeah, true. I mean, everyone will try to yeah. gamify or find an ultimate strategy. But I feel like this is this is a nice kind of flexible enough game that. You can play it over and over again, and it's it's relatively a new experience each time. Yeah, uh, and just an idea of what the game is. The the premise of it is you're trying to ride to the most cities on the rails in what seven days. Oh yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be a bet between all these rich people who want to ride the train as much as possible. Uh, but it's more like building train lines. I want to know where this little doing. boy is getting all the money to ride these trains. Yeah, I mean, he's not... I mean, yeah, I guess He's a you're... little newsy. Look at him. He's got <laughs> the cap on and everything. You know, he's probably he's probably hitching the ride just jumping on the train. Because back then, trains moved you could, pretty yeah, slow. You could kind of just run and... You could even walk and grab it. Yeah. Hmm. Anytime. Yeah, so the, you're right. The idea is we're, we're playing as these characters who are riding the rails. And mm-hmm. so I think... When we sat down to talk about this game, we were thinking about, what, well, what should we talk about in terms of, uh, you know, are we going to talk about the maybe building of the railroads? Because that's how you and I play. We we imagine ourselves as robber barons mm-hmm. instead of these fun-living passengers, and we're all about scheming and rubbing our hands together and trying to build the most <laughs> nefarious and long <laughs> rail system. And how can we get the most money for, for the rails? Pay the most tolls. And try to screw over the other person. That's like the the main idea that we have. Right. But in reality, you're riding the rails. And so I think we want to talk a little bit about uh, different different train lines and and what it's actually like to ride them. Um, and I think we're going to start with uh, uh, the Trans Siberian Express. Not to be confused with the Trans Siberian Orchestra. No, these are two very different <laughs> things. Um, that's a common. Common misconception between those two, mm-hmm. and the Trans Siberian uh, Express is—it's—it's uh, it's not just one train, but right. it is a series of rail lines that the longest actually in the world, yeah. connecting entirely. So, if you rode the entire Trans Siberian Express, you would have to hop different trains to ride it. It's pretty—it's pretty amazing how, how long it is. It takes eight days to complete the the entire journey if you kind of go through the the usual routes and, and means. And it goes through eight different time zones across that whole journey as well. It's insane. You're you're basically, you're in Moscow, and, well, yeah, I mean, it, the, the entire thing goes from Moscow to... Vladivostok. Vladivostok. Vlad- oh, boy. Vladivostok. <laughs> Vladivostok? Yes. You said it right. Um, yeah, and with Moscow is just basically right at Eastern Europe. Right. And you're basically going all the way to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this entire trip. Yeah, there's there's kind of a couple of other primary routes, but for the most part, you're going through Russia, parts of China. There's even some parts that go through Mongolia, but it just it spans this huge mass of land. And it's interesting because its, its origins, at least, it was not built with the intention of necessarily being a passenger train. And it's, it was just this singular line that was built to move goods, because Eastern 
Eastern Russia was so kind of sanctioned away from the, the newly created Siberian portion of Russia that they just weren't moving goods back and forth nearly as fast to help expand that Western Siberian portion. And so they're like, well, we need to we need to set up some sort of rail system between these two. And that's actually the kind of the origins of why they put this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not actually like, I mean, if you think about it, you're like, hey, this sounds like a great adventure. I want to give this a shot. Mm. It's not necessarily the most comfortable ride. Right. Because uh, you, you can get a room with four beds in it. So you would be sharing a room with other people. But then you can upgrade to like a two-bed cabin if you mm. want. Um, it is fairly cheap, though. Yeah, that is that is the nice part of it. And you do, if you, you know, you can stop off in these rather beautiful parts of like Mongolia or rural China that give you an opportunity to see parts of the world that you might never get a chance seeing. That is kind of the benefit of this kind of maybe more blue-collar train experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to see a, a very different type of the world. You're not you're not living in a high-class train, which the sort of train we'll talk about in a little bit. But this is a, a more kind of down-to-earth, as you might expect from a, a, a Russian train system. Yeah, there... Um... There, I mean, there's there's nothing included when you're riding this train. You get your your small rooms with your beds. Uh, there are dining cars and there mm-hmm. are bar cars. Um, I think there are some smoking cars too, or maybe everywhere you smoke. I didn't get actually. I right. didn't get to read that. Um, you, uh, and and <laughs> this one, I was reading this one guy's uh, version of it in his blog, and he was saying, "Don't go to the bar car." Because you'll get the whole waitress coming at you going, hey, you look like a nice boy. Why don't you buy me a drink? I'm off in a little bit. Uh-huh. And she'll buy, or you'll buy her a drink. And then she'll be like, well, my boss needed a drink, you know, to cover for the thing. And uh-huh. then, well, so-and-so needed a drink. And the next thing you know, you have all these high-end <laughs> liquors just rung up on your tab. And you sure. didn't even realize it. And the last thing you're going to do is try to crush some <laughs> some Russians who can throw you off a train. <laughs> It's 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 interesting too because if, if you're if you take this this train and you think you're gonna hit like major Russian cities along the way, that's also not going to happen because when they were planning out this this rail, they specifically built it outside of the populous cities that would have maybe needed a train connection because there were people who owned that land and they were like, well, we're not even gonna deal with worrying about the people who own the land in the cities. We're gonna just build around them and just make it purely for moving freight at this point in time was was their initial plan. So <laughs> you're not going to be hitting a lot of uh, metropolitan areas along the way. It truly is a, a very rural, earthy sort of, of ride. Mm-hmm. But it is the longest. Yeah. <laughs> so you could say you did that. So you really got to like that type of environment if you're going to if you're going to take the Trans-Siberian. It being all earthy and rural, uh, you do get pretty dirty. Uh, and they said there are showers on board, hey, that's but a you have to reserve the showers ahead of time. And the guy was like, there's no soap, there's no towels, and you better bring flip-flops. <laughs> I can't imagine. An <laughs> eight-day journey on a train without showers or with limited shower and access. I'm sure there is... are people who do it. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people, it tourists do flock to this area mm-hmm. and participate in this experience because it's that thing. It's an experience. It is an experience, but if you ever wanted to do something like um, a shorter version of your Trans-Siberian Express, mm-hmm. they do have, they still do have like rail cruises right. as well. Um, and they, they've got one, I think the longest of the rail cruises are from Moscow to Tehran, mm-hmm. which is in Iran. Yeah. 
And they say it's basically like a hotel on wheels. And I wouldn't say the, the finest hotel, but it is still really nice. You can get, um, you pay one price. I think it's near, I think they said 4,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's British currency. Yeah. Uh, and um, and uh, all your meals and drinks are included. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I think you have to pay for is um, uh, caviar. I think the one thing or something like that, yeah. or that might be the uh, that might be the other guy. But um, yeah, all meals are included. Uh, they do have what's called an imperial suite, which is like a 120 square foot room just for yourself, mm-hmm. and you've got like an ensuite, you've got a little living space, and you've got your bed. So it actually ends up being pretty deluxe, and it's like all nice and fancy and shellacked, and you get like a DVD player. Um, with an LCD screen. <laughs> oh, you get Dom Perignon on like as soon as you enter. Um, but yeah, it's 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 nicer uh, if you want to do some sort of like one price cruise and say I was on the Trans Siberian Express. Right. And speaking of nice trains, then that's a nice segue into this next train that we want to talk about, which is the Blue Train. Yes, out of South train. Africa. This thing looked pretty immaculate when I was looking at pictures of it online. So it was it was built in the 1920s, and it had like this original goal of being a a connection point between the northernmost point and southernmost point of Africa. And they're like, no, let's just keep it in South Africa for now. And so, it it's a it's a thousand mile journey between Pretoria and Cape Town. There's a couple other uh, kind of expanded uh, lanes or trails, but they've they've been slowly siphoned off, and it's just kind of this one line in South Africa, but I mean, there's a reason that this train wins a lot of awards for luxury travel in Africa. It is an absolutely gorgeous experience. Mm-hmm. So imagine like you have marble, you have heated floors, you have gold in the in the pieces of wood carved. <laughs> there's gold filigree <laughs> on everything. Because <laughs> everything's pretty much wood carved inside your, inside your train. Uh, I think it was a king-size bed in in one of the like the nicer nicer rooms um yeah if you get the like the luxury like the really like top of the line luxury ones there's even a, a personal butler who's in charge of like a set of rooms who's there to kind of guide you into the space they'll make your bed for you they're they're on call the entire time like they're in a nearby station in case you literally need anything at all you have a, a personal butler to come by you know they got the white gloves on and everything it's I also noticed all the attendants had, uh, and, and it's very, like, African, but having zebra prints on, like, everything. Mm. So, like, a lot of the uh, furniture will have zebra prints or just, like, zebra patches of something. Yeah. Which I thought it was like, I was like, oh, yeah, you're in Africa. That's awesome. Uh, and this this train, too, has those sorts of special cars on it. it, it the, the two that it called out were the, the club car and the lounge car were what I was looking at. The, the club car is very much like a gentleman's club. Uh, like that old school gentlemen's club where kind of rich nobles would, rich male nobles would get together, they'd smoke cigars, and they would maybe have a little snifter of brandy and just kind of harumph and tell stories of their <laughs> their great exploits. Was that the one at the back of the train? I oh, think so. Okay. And it has, it's like, it's all dark wood, leather bound seats mm-hmm. and everything. And it very specifically pointed out that you can get cognac and Cuban cigars there. <laughs> uh, those were two of the highlights of the club car. And then there's, if since it's at the back of the train, there's also a giant window. Oh, that's that's, that's the lounge. That is car. the lounge yeah. car. Okay, all right. 
Uh, and the lounge car uh, is another one of those really, really nice rooms. It's a lounge observation kind of car. And they've got like a nice, a nice once again, polished wood table. Mm -hmm. And then in the back of the car, you have a giant window that looks, I mean, let alone on the sides, but like that looks right up the back. And so you can, it's a neat experience from what it looks like just looking up the back. Yeah, that lounge that lounge car also has art galleries in it too for showing off South African artists and it's also the car that you can go to if you want to have traditional high tea. Uh, so they do like the full service and everything. This I mean this is a luxury train and bucket list. <laughs> it's I mean it was it was expensive. It's, you know, thousands of dollars on the for for these tickets and it also depends on if you're going during high season or low season. So there's a lot of I mean, you're paying for this experience, but it is a it is quite the experience. Uh -huh. uh, I think also there's another car that's like a conference room car, or maybe a part of the car is a conference room that you mm -hmm. can go buy. But it's basically a giant board table that you can have conferences wow. in, and it's just like that. That's still that super polished, very nice wood, but then just a bunch of business chairs. So I can imagine you can rent the thing for like a business trip. What a great business trip! I would love that. <laughs> your, next... your personal butler will come bring you your cognac while you're working on the the latest merger. I mean, I mean, all the money we're making off this podcast—that's our next business trip. Oh right? yeah, yeah, we're gonna, totally. We're gonna record one of these on the go on we're gonna we're hoping to fund enough for for this to ride each of these trains and then report in on it yeah exactly so if any of you guys want to jump on that just shoot us an email yeah uh, yeah at beyond the board podcast <laughs> at, at gmail.com <laughs> so yeah i mean this is the this is a high-end train and we just wanted to, to mention this one that this is the type of experience these experiences are still out there people who are holding on to the Kind of the romantic old view of what the trains used to be. These like flying, flying was like that. People used to get dressed up to go flying. Yeah, you would you would wear like a, a nice suit because this and like you would see those old pictures of planes. There's not a whole lot of people on there. Mm -hmm. They look great. Mm -hmm. Their seats They're are like smoking. made of leather. Yeah. Everyone's smoking. <laughs> uh, so and yeah. nowadays, like you see anybody flying or even taking the train, everyone's in their PJs. They've got their inflatable neck pillows. Right, you'd and... rather be as comfortable as you can, <laughs> knowing that you're about to get shoved into a small box. Uh, so yeah, this the blue train is a, in a nice example of uh, holding on to the old tradition of these these sorts of luxury rail systems that were, you know, a century or two ago. And if you're looking for, I mean, uh, we were just talking about it basically efficiency you want to be as comfortable as possible and get there as fast as possible mm -hmm. um another sort of train that's very unique would uh would be the channel yeah out in uh out in england yes right? connecting england and france yeah um it connects kent to coquets coquets i think uh, okay, yeah. i never oh, took french unfortunately. I, took, I got two d's in french i wasn't very sorry miss oh. Bolger. <laughs> <laughs> madame ah oh, damn it i couldn't even say it <laughs> It's a short journey too. It's only thirty-one miles. It's, yeah. it just goes through the the English Channel there, mm -hmm. um, and it goes underground. Yeah, it, uh, underwater. Underwater. Yeah, which is uh, um, pretty unique uh, to any I think train line. Um, and the way it works is there's there's two tubes that are running parallel to each other, and one's a south running tube and one's a north running tube, mm -hmm. and so they don't have to worry about traffic or anything. Um, and then there's also a tube in the middle. That is an um, it's an emergency tube and a service tube, mm. so they can work on stuff. And this transport transports people, transports cars. Um, I think it does some freight as well. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting to to see that it does the 
the car transport. Did, I, I saw an interesting stat on that where like you can pay a price that you get tr- you get ferried across as well. Well, not ferried because there is a ferry that can go as well, but you get trained across as well as your vehicle. And they load these things so efficiently. Did you see the how many that they could load in an hour? No, I saw the pictures of them. I didn't see that. From what I could see, that it, it loads vehicles at a rate of 700 cars in an hour. What? It's so efficient how they figured this out. Uh, so they're just they're f- you know filling these trains with your cars, and then the tr- the car will go across the way, and then it'll be there for you, and they just kind of unload it so you can drive on either side. Did you see how much it was? Uh, yeah, they were they were like forty five to seventy pounds, depending on if you were bringing your car or not. If you were just taking it as a passenger, or if you were uh, bringing your car. And from what I could tell, that was slightly more expensive than if you took the ferry, because uh, you can like drive your car up onto a, like a, a large scale ferry mm-hmm. that will then take it over. It but gets it's you there a lot faster. It gets you way <laughs> faster. <laughs> but it's not it's not any sort of fancy luxury car. But it's it's an interesting in its utility sort of car and the ingenuity behind digging a, t- a tunnel essentially between England and France so that there was a more efficient means of travel between those two nations. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty like standard if you ever get on uh, like not an Amtrak It's like but, a Metra train if Yeah, you so, yeah so it's got cushiony seats yeah. and they're fairly comfortable but it's by no means luxury. It's, it's better than riding like a public transit in a city. Yeah. But um, ultimately, you're only on it for 35 minutes, and yeah. you don't need to be. You're not get. There's not enough time for high tea no. in that in that sort of time period. So you might you might have a quick nip if you've yeah. got like a flask on you or something. That's right. but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also talking about efficiency and 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 getting from one place to another, uh, we would also talk about like the maglev trains, oh, which man. are pretty popular, uh, especially in. Uh, Shanghai uh, specifically it's the fastest train in the world and this is the Shanghai maglev train or the Shanghai trans rapid this thing's cool yeah this thing's really cool uh, fastest uh, train in the world uh, it runs from Pudong International Airport to the outskirts of central Pudong mm-hmm. uh, it's like an 18 and a half mile journey takes about seven minutes and 20 seconds to complete the journey um, so that thing's traveling generally about 150 miles an hour but it maxes out at like 268 yeah it flies and so it uses that maglev technology uh, which is it it takes care of one of the two problems that slow down speed of a train which is the friction between the train and the rails Mm -hmm. that is going to be one of the problems and so the maglev technology takes care of that problem and these things i mean they they just zoom across, and it's like an incredibly smooth journey. It's very quiet because there's not all these moving parts. Like the, you know, if you take a metro train and you're going out to like the suburbs of Chicago, it's this loud <laughs> grinding <laughs> of <laughs> gears. <laughs> the <laughs> wheels move around, and this is just babies crying. Oh, and, no. <laughs> it's just it just glides. It glides this beautiful silence. God, I'd love to ride that. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. It it would be really really fun to ride one of these trains and there's only a handful of them around the world right now but uh they're they're especially in these sorts of areas that need kind of like rapid transit like they they're they're rapidly moving people between the airport and the kind of connecting it to the more metropolitan area of china yeah i think there is also a planned uh thing that went through a for a connection to the other airport that's in the Mm -hmm. area so it can go airport to airport um I guess if you want to travel 
and you get a better deal than another airport. <laughs> um, and it's the height of luxury. Not really. It's just it's just some it's crummy pretty, little chairs yeah, it's, again. It's pretty bare bones. Pretty much. I mean, you got people, tons of people getting there every day, just traveling through because it's only an eight minute ride. So. Um, uh, Even less time to get high tea. Yeah, and there's no windows that where you can stick your head out of in that one. No, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't recommend that. Might rip your teeth off. But um, it's 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 fascinating technology, and it's the sort of technology that, at least I know I personally, and I know a lot of people are hoping kind of spreads that becomes more popularized around the world. Mm-hmm. I one person who uh, is really trying to push that technology and then go one step further would be um, Elon Musk. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know who Elon Musk is, he's the owner of Tesla, and he's trying to really innovate as far as like clean energy and and putting new technology in the world but he's very much and like a lot of people could say otherwise but like he's very much about like no we want everybody to have this we want everybody to join in i'm not trying to make a billion dollars i mean he is but i what i'm trying to do is inadvertently making billions (laughs) oops from what it sounds like he's (laughs) what am i gonna do with all this uh, but he's trying to he's trying to bring the technology and really just make it everything more efficient. And so he's created uh, something called the Hyperloop. And he had originally an idea, but now they've actually finished a track, a test track for this Hyperloop. Right. And what it is is a maglev train uh, that is completely enclosed in a tube, and they basically suck all the air out, and so there's no air friction and there's no actual ground friction and so it's supposed to get up to um speeds of like 600 700 miles an hour yeah um which would take you i think they said from los angeles to san francisco in a half an hour yeah it's 350 mile kind of distance between those two and it's a little bit over half an hour it would it would make that that travel and like you said because it's in that vacuum tube it then takes care of the other problem of the equation that the maglev trains still deal with air resistance Mm -hmm. and so you put it in a vacuum tube you don't have the friction from the rail and you don't have air resistance or it's minimized if it's essentially a near vacuum these things can just fly they they mean they move faster than planes they move faster than most traditional aircraft that's insane to me over a distance (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy to me and they're these pods. They just fill the two. It's a pod, and you they're you know they're going to use this for for passenger transport, but it's also meant for for freight. And because of that, you can just fill tr- freight into these pods and then just shoot them off. And because it's so controlled, you can just shoot pod after pod after pod. You're not worrying about all of the crazy logistics that are involved with coordinating planes that are landing on only a handful of airstrips that you have yeah. and working with all those schedules. It's just Pot in, pot in, pot in. It fascinates me. I love it. Uh, Right now, I think they don't have a set pod. And uh, one of the ideas is he's opening it up to a bunch of third parties to create these pods. Uh, And so the the other idea is that it's not just for Tesla and Elon. It's for everybody. And if somebody can think of a better pod than he can, then put it in there. Uh, because I mean, to just think about going from Chicago to LA in a less than a day, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I mean, less than it would take to fly there, but just in a matter of hours, you could have a dinner in LA and then come back to Chicago and sleep. Yeah. Just... It's that, and that's kind of why they built that test track is not only to test their own stuff, but they're hosting like a competition for third party yeah. pods. So these, these people are allowed to use their, their track. Kind of like you were saying, uh, 
Tesla, like Tesla, the company, the SpaceX company, all these these Musk related industries are all about open source. They he just they just provide. Here's all of the information that you need. Here's everything that we know. Do with this what you possibly can. Let's work together to make a more interesting and more connected and more advanced world. And it's it's just really fascinating. I lo- I love it. <laughs> I just I like <laughs> just the idea of going. Oh, I want New York style pizza tonight. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't get New York style pizza in Chicago. I mean, you can. It's just not. Right. It's, it's not New York pizza. The 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 big company that's doing this, or the, the maybe the most notable one, other than SpaceX, is Hyperloop One, mm-hmm. which is a group that has been getting tons of funding so far from crowdfunding and you know personal outside funding, and. They're also working on their own sort of test track, and they're they're interestingly doing research that is outside of the U.S. So this is one of the companies that's looking to connect cities that are in other countries around the world, mm-hmm. and like they're looking at Dubai to Mumbai, for instance, Oof. or uh, various cities across Europe, and just getting them connected for both passenger and uh, freight transport. It's very cool. They actually, I mean, from what they've proposed, they're hoping to have their first test flight early this year so we'll see if that and they call it flight because it's technically off the ground yeah i mean it's, <laughs> it's you're jettisoning this this pod through the through the air it's 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 hovering over this maglev rail it's, it's so cool <laughs> it really is uh so that's a sort of overview of some of the the trains the train systems yeah. from around the world and maybe across times and it should it should give you an idea of how far we've come in some of these instances and how a lot of places and a lot of people still want to hold on to that romanticized version of the trains from before. I mean, that's very much ticket to ride is a love letter to that, that, that era, that era of time where people thought that riding the trains was this kind of luxury experience and that you could just take a week off and ride from city to city across the country and there are still train systems out there that, that kind of push for that sort of lifestyle. And then there are some that are like, no, no, no. I got to be there now. <laughs> I have to be there yesterday. So let's let's jump in this pod. Uh, I mean, it kind of, it kind of uh, puts two, both of them together, I think, in Ticket to Ride. Because Ticket to Ride, they say uh, the lore behind it is you're riding these trains in this time period. But it's based, the bet was based on these guys hearing about the guy who went around the world in 80 days. Right. And so they're like, well, if he could do that, let's just try to go around the world. And so it's a luxury idea at the same time. How fast can we do it? That's true. Yeah, it's a nice marriage between yeah. those two ideas. Yeah. Um, but I know Ticket to Ride, it's a great game. There's a bunch of expansions for it. So there's a European expansion. There's a zoomed-in European where you can... I think there's certain places in Germany that you can get. And there's other little things that you can get like uh, toll booths which affect the game in different mm-hmm. ways i think one just came out that you can actually travel the seas yeah and so you're traveling the seas with the channel uh <laughs> you're traveling overseas i think they're on ships but uh but you're building like lines on ships if that makes sense on the map but uh <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's a great game fun game lots of replay value um do you have anything else that's all I got. How about you, Mike? I don't think so. Oh, I did have I did have a note about um, how how we still are romanticizing a lot of these things. And in New York, 
and in Chicago. In Chicago, we have a holiday train, oh, yeah. uh, which which is really cool. They they basically deck out the entire train in holiday. This is the the CTA. This is the Chicago Transit Authority. They decorate the entire entire train like Christmas, and all the seats are reupholstered with Christmas fabrics. All the poles are candy canes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one whole car is Santa's sleigh and he throws candy at the people on the platforms waiting for the trains and it's decorated in lights. And there's like (laughs) elves on the train too, like CTA employees are dressed up as elves and they're kind of hanging out in the cars, like entertaining the kids. It's really very fun. It's amazingly magical and they made a a holiday bus as well, which is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Santa's sticking out of the roof and he's throwing candy. It's like, it's an actual guy dressed in a suit. Santa's helper. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, and sure enough, they like all the upholstery is redone. But there's one in New York that they actually I just wrote about that they do the same thing. It's around holiday time, but it's called the Vintage Train, and they actually get an old New York train to ride the rails again, and people will go on dressed in character like oh, in the 1920s. Man. And there's like a photo contest every year that you take photos on the train as as people going to work in their old vintage garb and even the old conductors they're wearing their old vintage stuff oh, I it's, love that. it's the I love coolest that thing and i mean it, it kind of reminds me of how in san francisco people still ride those trolley like they keep some of the trolleys around not only for public transit but like tourists come and try and ride these trolley systems because of that kind of fascination with that totally time it's, it's it's very <laughs> very cool uh that's so interesting i didn't know about the new york train yeah i found that out that was that was just and it's like the old iron looking train sure. like with the big rivets in the side and it's one of the originals like they have the same like s line or something and mm. it's just a paper thing that rolls up or gets changed <laughs> out i don't know how it works i love uh, that yeah it's pretty cool but uh, you got anything else? That's it. All right. Well, if you liked anything you heard today, or if you just like trains, uh, why don't you click that subscribe button on iTunes, because we always appreciate it. And if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and send them to beyondtheboardpodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at goingbtb. That's Boy Tom Boy or Beyond the Board. Or Boy Tom Boy, because that works too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if uh, if you have if really if you if you know any of any trains that we didn't mention that might just be really interesting, go ahead and shoot us those over at uh, going beyond sorry beyond the board podcast at gmail.com and uh, and we'd love to hear about it. And your favorite candy. And my favorite candy. If you have a favorite candy that that you want me to try, let me know. I'll go out and get it and try it. Except for those mango ones with the little spicies inside. Uh, I don't know, like like yeah. Mexican candy. I don't know, I don't know.